Alright, let's go. <clears throat> this podcast contains, uh, explicit language, adult beverages, delicious tobacco, and, what's that say? Flagrant misuse of dice? What does that even mean? Who the hell wrote this? To hell with it. I need a drink. Huh? Oh, okay, whatever. <clears throat> this is the Dice and Pipes podcast. Bursting through the prime material plane is Dice of Pipes uh, coming at you. Uh, uh, oh, anime. <laughs> Find us on Instagram and Twitter, Dice of Pipes. What's going on, Chris? How are you today? I was good. But now I'm great. I'm here and we're recording. We are. And I'm drinking. And I'm smoking. Why am I? Is that like a haiku? No, wait. What's hyperbole? No, it's not. Hypertension. Haiku. Hyperspace. I don't. Yes, I'm good. What's the haiku? I don't know. What is a haiku? It's twelve six twelve. No, yeah. no, it's not twelve six. It's like five eight five. Haiku. What is? No, it's fourteen uh-huh. twenty two skidoo. Oh. Twenty three skidoo. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, <laughs> my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. I gotta look this up really quick. I don't know why I brought up a fucking haiku. A haiku, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. it does not need to rhyme, if I understand correctly. does not rhyme. It has to do with the structure. The, st- the structure. The structure. By the way, can I just point out that last D&D episode, I think we only rolled twice? That's not good. That's we're, not good. We're just getting better at talking. It only took 40 years. <laughs> it's not bad. We're getting there. <laughs> Fuck haikus. I don't care. It doesn't That was a nice. haiku. It, no, it wasn't. Yeah. How was that? What's going on with this episode? Fuck haikus. I don't care. Fuck Nailed haikus. It. Nailed it. I gotta smoke. The trees whispering. Ducks and birds flying. The dog in the house. That's a poem. Nope, that's a haiku. Okay. Why do I have a feeling that we do not have literary geniuses listening to the show? Do you think we do? I don't know if I appreciate you disparaging the good goddamn name of the Dyson Pipes whiskey dicks I'm, out there. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just asking. If you are, if you're a literary genius or at least educated in the literary arts, please leave us five stars on. You know what? Uh, I'm trying to plug. I'm plugging the apple! <laughs> five stars on the apple and just explain to us what the fuck a haiku five, is. I'm sorry. We're doing five stars. Five stars on the apple. <laughs> Isn't that what the kids say these days? Is that a haiku? Yo, hit us up, yo. Five stars on the apple. Five stars on the apple. Yeah. Not the pear. <laughs> or the orange. Or the orange. Or the uh, clementine. I'm Why are you so hot? Fucking sw- I'm sweating. We're I'm out go- here in the woods. I'm going to jump in your pool. Yeah, go ahead. It's all clean. Just jump in with a bottle of fucking scotch. There you go. Yep. It'll float. It's got an air Does pop. Does Briar float? 
I, I think all wood floats. You see the chemical composition of the wood. Yes, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. The air pockets. There's so many air pockets in the grain of the wood that Good. the air is lighter than the water. Ergo, the wood floats. Yeah. You nailed it. You sold me. I'm fucking in. I'm bringing a pipe in the pool. It's about fucking time. Good. I think the chlorine might do something to the color, though. But whatever. We'll cross that bridge. No, no, no. Get there. It's protected. It's got a coating of protection on it. The problem is with the alcohol that we were drinking last week, those sons of bitches, the Buchanan's Deluxe, dude, that fucking cat will have pool water in the pool. I mean, in the. Who in is the Buchanan? Pat Buchanan. Was no? he like a vice president? No, I think he was a former presidential candidate. Ah. What was he prior to that? Or was he just like some dude? He's a uh, he's an evangelicist. E- I'm sorry, a what? I meant to say evangelical. Evangelist. Okay. On dice and pipes, when you fuck up your words, you got to roll to... You find yourself in a roll to drink situation. Which I did. What did you roll? A six. Oof. I failed. And we're drinking. There you go. I have so much shit to do today. Delicious. Uh, I want to talk about your landscaping real quick. What's the matter? Nothing. It just You sent me some pictures. I did. And we, it's been cutting into our Diablo time. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, so you're, Dude, I've been crushing Diablo. So have I. Crushing. I'm almost level 400. That's pretty solid. 400. I reviewed it on my Apple. You you left a five-star on your Apple? I left a five-star on the Apple. That's all I'm asking for. Five-star on the Apple. Uh, and a comment. So let's talk about Tale of Two Homes. Uh, I pay somebody to come in here and, and cut my grass for me. And it looks beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yes. They do the diamond pattern as per my request. I like it. Which is a double pass. You got to drive over it twice to create you're a diamond. Me, like you're making me uncomfortable. I'm, this isn't like we're not doing a porno out there. Would you <laughs> <laughs> talk about your fucking lawn? You got to double pass it in order to get a fucking diamond. You got to go one way and then you got to come across in the other from like a forty-five degree angle, right, to create a, a ninety diamond. degree. No, it's not a ninety. Yeah, if they're doing a di- no, that would be a box. You you would have like boxes. If you want a, a diamond pattern, you got to come in almost at like a forty-five to a sixty degree angle. Any landscapers out there that are listening, do me a favor, leave a five star on the Apple. Comment, 45 or 60 or 90 degree. What We're, the fuck am I saying? Can, I don't know. Can we you, talk about landscaping? Yeah, so you're, you're, you keep telling me that, oh, you had to dig. Yeah. Uh, like, like um, I'm like a spelunker. Who's the guy from Death Wish? Charles Bronson. That's the one. Charles yeah. I dig. I dig to get them out. Uh, you're doing a lot of digging. A lot of Lots digging. of digging. And you sent me pictures of it. Um, let me pull these up. Okay. So I was imagining in my mind. You had to see the pain, by the way, the pain that I had to go through to take those pictures. What? I almost fell out my window <laughs> to the point where I had to close my window back up to try to take them again. Because, so for the listeners out there, my camera, I'm just, I'm an asshole. Uh, the camera on my good old Apple iPhone 6S Plus. The camera on the back that you use to take pictures, yeah, it's broken. It won't focus. So basically, anything at the three-foot range is in perfect, perfect focus. Beyond that, yeah, doesn't work. So I have to do the the selfie camera, which I fucking I'm adamantly opposed to because I just don't like selfies. So I have to turn the camera around, use the selfie camera, and then angle it in a way that I can take a picture of shit that's in front of me. So and see it. Of course, I can't see it. Because the screen is now facing away from me. So I had the window open, hanging out the window, trying to look at the, the screen of my camera to take a picture of my landscaping for Brian. 
just to prove that I was working, and that's why I couldn't get on Diablo. I, no, I believed you. Oh. The thing is, I knew what you were doing. You were digging uh, a little, like a foundation for like a garden. Or like a yeah, flowers. Yeah, I'm, I'm trenching and, out like a yeah. landscaping bed. So I was imagining just an outline following your walkway, your driveway. But you sent me these pictures. Like, what is happening there? What is that? Yeah, dude, it looks like a fucking golf course. But why? How about that Marine Corps flag? Is that thing not fucking awesome? Yeah, the, the flag is fine. I'm talking about this I'm, fucking amoeba that you have. Because a tree is going there. Oh. Yeah, I'm going to put a tree in the middle. So you removed this tree over here. Yeah, yeah, I dug out that tree. And you're going to put one here. And and also where the other tree was. Now, why did you have to dig the tree out? Because when these sons of bitches planted it, it was dead already. <laughs> <laughs> they, put, they put two dead trees in my fucking yard. Well, that doesn't help. So I don't think we ever covered this, but for anybody who doesn't know, like I had a house built. And, um, wow, I sound such like... Yeah, continue. I was going you're bragging a little bit. Oh, I'm such right. a dick. You can what brag. A, You've now, earned it. Now, now I'm the prick who used melancholy last week. Uh, I'm the prick. I'm a prick. I agree with that. Thank you. Um, so they they have to put trees in. So when they put trees in, these fucking cunts put dead trees in. Who plants a dead tree? Let alone two dead trees. They put two dead trees in my front yard. Is it easy, as, as uh, a layman, not for me, for the audience, is it easy to tell when the tree is dead when you put it in? Um, usually when they put a tree in that has no leaves, and when you grab a branch and bend it and it snaps, yeah, that motherfucker's dead. Hmm. Well, they didn't believe me. Like, I'm telling lies. I think they were alleging that the tree had fibromyalgia. Ah. It was just complaining. So it was lazy. Yeah, it was a lazy tree. So it was just fucking very slow to produce leaves. Right. And working branches. So, uh, yeah, yesterday, yesterday, yeah, yesterday, I ended up fucking knocking that thing out of the ground and had a lot of fun doing it. I started digging around it and I realized that the soil was pretty loose. That dude, I took like a like a twenty foot, I backed up like twenty feet and then ran it through my shoulder. <laughs> I was drinking. Ah, and uh, three of those, it took that fucking tree right out of the ground. Nice. Yeah. Nice. How long did all this take you? I've been doing this now for a month. A month. Well, a it's only bit, me. A little bit day by day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out there maybe like... Uh, How many cumulative hours? <laughs> uh, not counting all your stops to, to drink. So we're, this is 40? That's, that's probably bad. like 40 hours worth of work. Not bad for 40 hours. So, uh, Are you okay with me posting these? Um, I should take better pictures. I can I take can, better pictures. I can HDR them. Really? I can HDR take... I'll, I'll, take I'll take them with the wifey's phone. I'll do it tomorrow. Okay. Because we're not going to put this out until the show airs anyway, so we have some yeah. time. So I'll, I'll take some now. pictures. Yeah, about, you know, in like 2023. <laughs> By then, I think the world is supposed to end, right, with climate change? No, nope, that was 2012. Oh, so we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The Mayans, the Mayans uh, were Oh, wrong. the calendar, they were, they were a little off. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. just They got lazy. The Mayans started fibromyalgia. They were fucking Fibromyal- lazy. My, my, fibromyalgia. Really? Fibro, I was trying to fit Mayans sure you were. into myalgia. Because it works. Okay. Fiber- what? 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 Do you want me to roll? Is no, that what no, you're no, saying? No, 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 no. That's a good recovery. I'm still focused it's not on a recovery. my recovery. It's the truth. A good recovery. I'm still focused on my my oh, broken. Fuck you. I'm rolling. Fun. Nope. If you don't believe me, it's the fucking been working together for so many weeks and seventeen. Shit. Son of a bitch. Anyway. Anyhow, who's the bougie one? I don't have a pool. What are you kids doing right now? Loudly swimming in the pool. They're in a pool. Quiet! 
what are you drinking over there? Um, you know, I was going to go back to this Buchanan's. Do, do you want some Buchanan's? Yeah. Let's see if this will pour. Hold on. Hold on. Ready? <laughs> yep. That is, it looks like, oh, there it is. Uh, I'm starting to get this. I'm starting to get this. So it, it's, so this Buchanan's bottle has the safety in it, and I'm, I'm convinced this is what they're supposed to use in a bar. Ah, you know what I'm saying? It's it, dude. Look at it. It's got like a fucking ball bearing in there. There are zombies in your yard. Um, you see, it's like underneath the that outer shell inside in that housing where the uh, the screw top goes onto. There. Ooh, <laughs> it's a ball bearing or marble. Oh God. Dude, nothing is splashing out though. Nothing, nothing came out. I like it. Uh, this is pretty tasty. Um, not my favorite. I'm not sure what it is about it. Uh, Here, this it was about thirty-eight dollars. Just shy of forty. If we look at forty-dollar blended scotches, uh, Monkey Shoulder is still my scotch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent, hands down. Uh, but the more I drink blended scotch, and we were talking about this, I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but the more I drink blended scotch, the more I realize that I, I truly prefer blended scotch over single malt scotch. Just the way I am. Yeah, it's less uh, it's less peaty, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's a little sweeter. Yeah. You know? um, and, of course, because I'm a fucking American, I prefer um, bourbon. Yeah. Over everything else. Yeah, I including think bourbon. Including water. <laughs> Yep. So when I'm outside digging, and of course I pick the worst days to dig. Like I pick the most humid days to go outside and dig. And what do I replenish the fluids with? Bourbon. Water, of course. I mean, what the fuck are you people thinking? But no, of course I'll have a, a little little bourbon. Yeah. Or some American honey. By far my favorite, favorite, favorite alcohol to drink in the summer. Yeah, but probably not while you're working. No, 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 no. No, that is uh, like post-work. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to sit down with a nice glass of wild turkey, American honey, with a big-ass, fat-ass fucking ice cube in it, and a pipe. I almost said a cigar. I had a cigar the other day. I'm sorry? I, was, I found myself... Uh, you were there. I found myself uh, at a party at someone's house, and I found myself uh, about eight glasses into monkey shoulder and I found myself with a cigar in my hand sitting at a Domino's table with three Puerto Rican gentlemen you oh you were gonna lose yeah right there's no way well it was two Puerto Rican gentlemen and you first and then you won a couple times uh but by the end it was me and three yeah but that's because I won because the blend was 50 50 once you go it was you and me and then two Puerto Ricans oh oh the blend of humans Yeah, 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 yeah 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 the human blend I got you not the not the scotch blend yeah, so that was a thing that happened. Uh, I found myself uh, surrounded by Spanish people playing dominoes. What a great game. I, I'm a fan. Yeah, no, dominoes is a lot of fun. And there's so many different variations on how to play dominoes. Like, that was only one way to play, you know, where you just close it out and that's it. Whoever wins, wins. And then That's like the traditional it. way, I would imagine? That, see, that's like the simplest way. You don't have to keep score. 
Right. You know, like so. normally when I would get dominoes, I would line them all up and then tip them all over, like domino rally. That would be the child's way to play. Yes. Oh, okay. that's what what happened. I was a child when I played that way. If yeah. you have to know, then there you go. That's why that explains it. You know, you really act like a guy who builds his own houses. Dude, I didn't build it with my own hands. I pay people to do shit for me. <laughs> Except my landscaping, apparently. I'm too fucking cheap to do that. So I'll do it myself. Thank you. Anyway, you asked me what I'm drinking. So fuck the Buchanans. I'm off of the Buchanans. Oh. And I know I just said that I was a, a blended scotch guy, but I went back to the Aberfeldy. Ah. Singer malt. I'm sorry? Shit. I wish you didn't hear that. Wow. Next dice. Rolled a nine. Oof. All right. So I've rolled more. Now, no, I've now rolled the same amount that we rolled in its entirety last episode. Yes. Yep. Uh, I am pairing that today with a little um, Escudo. Ah. In my Savinelli Onda. Onda. Onda? Onda. E Honda. O N D A. Japan. Which I bought secondhand. I bought this used. State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's in a state pipe. Dude, and, and for anybody, I'm going to tell you right now, um, for anybody who is hesitant, right, on, on picking up a secondhand pipe, an estate pipe, if they want to sound very sophisticated, which I think the only reason why they do that is to make it sound a little classier. Secondhand always sounds like you you right, got yeah. it like the Salvation Army. Right, like we want to be for sophisticated. Fit, uh <laughs> How are you going to say that? That's what I want to know. Before you flagged yourself, were you going to say fasisticated? Yes. Good, good, good. Uh, go ahead, Glenn. Uh-oh. 16. Shit. You know, my problem is I keep self-policing myself. That's self-police. We should also roll for grammar. Um, what? I self No, no, no. I keep self-policing. You don't have to say myself. It's already implied through self-policing. Okay, thank but you. But I'm just saying. What is um, your fucking problem today? I'm very, I'm on edge. I'm fucking sweating. My blood pressure's high. I'm zero to 100. I've I don't seen know why red. you're sweating. Fucking hot, man. Very hot. The summer's doing it to me. It, dying. What is the temperature right It's like now? 87 degrees. No. And we're in the west cabin. There's no airflow. Fucking dying. <laughs> What's the temperature? 84. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good then. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have some gameplay. Wait, what are you to. drinking and smoking? Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm drinking... Uh, Look, I'm very excited about the gameplay, but... I'm drinking Pat Buchanan's uh, blended scotch whiskey. You'll be going to church after that. And I, uh, I'm i still smoking the uh, the the pirate uh, cake. I didn't, I didn't fuck up. No, you didn't. I you almost did. You did a little stutter, which that, that's fine. Stutter is good. <sighs> okay. Uh, before we get into the gameplay... What, there's something that we need to address? I would like to propose a toast. Now, hold on. That's how I know they're not drowning. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to drown myself in this alcohol. Okay, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. That's okay. This drink. is uh, this might be a Dyson Pipes first. I would like to propose a toast to something I am guilty of. Not presently. I used to be guilty of. I have, as a matter of fact, you were guilty of it on your last car. Oh, that's right. Yes, you were. Yeah, but that, uh, I'm just saying, that was very innocuous, though. I have a problem, <laughs> except for when I do it. 
<laughs> I have a problem with, you know, I don't have a problem with decals and pictorials. Oh, okay. I okay. have a problem with messages uh, slapped on the back of people's cars. Mm-hmm. I do not like um, when I'm driving behind some, uh, what's the proper way of saying, fuck face, of seeing everything in the world that they possibly believe in. Yes. Uh, there's particularly egregious cars out there where you can't even see the back of the car. It is just a a menagerie of stickers. Uh, I got a big problem with that. The decals, eh, like my last car I had, uh, the little Vault Boy with the giving that thumbs yes. up. Uh, I do not like political messages. I don't like funny messages. I don't like uh, coexist. I don't like... Uh, uh, Anything really on the Even car. Even band stickers. I mean, yeah. so that's your exception. Well, so, so you're you're fine with, with graphic, some sort of like graphic stickers. I don't. Man, where do you draw the line, yeah. dude? I'm gonna say right now, and I know we we talked about this a few days ago, and I did not let you know that I am guilty. I once had some form of sticker on a car. Oh. I'll get to that momentarily. But it was it was the way that I bought the car. I did not put it on. I bought the car with it on. And then I never removed it. It's bad luck. To remove it. Yeah. And it, oh, I also bought the car from my sister-in-law. So I didn't want to remove it because I didn't want her to be upset. And I actually thought it was kind of clever. But anyway. Oh, it was a hole sticker. Hole? Hole. Like the band? Yeah. No. Wow. Oh. She she might be into hole. Uh, I don't know if it pink. was... Pink? Pink? Yeah. No, this pink wasn't pink. I think was still in like grade school when I bought this car. Garbage. No, they. Is there a band called Garbage? Yeah, yeah. My wife likes them. Okay. Yeah. I think they're actual garbage. I don't think I could name one thing from Garbage. Yeah, me neither. I've heard her listen to it though, and I'm not a big fan. Mm -hmm. She loves them though. She's a big fan. They're they're an older band. Anyway. Um. Yeah. No, I'm just gonna draw the line. Any sticker on the back of your car. Maybe with the exception of like some sort of like, and again, we spoke about this, like military representation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, if if you were in or you have a family member, preferably like a child, not like, oh, my third cousin removed was in the army. What does that mean? Third cousin removed? Yeah. I think through like divorce, I'm going to, or death. Or excommunication. I guess you can excommunicate family members, but I don't know if that's really what it means. I, I think it's like through death. I mean, through divorce. Okay. Gotcha. Continue. I'm throwing an assumption out there. Um, yeah, military bumper stickers, I'm all for. College, dude, if you're paying $150,000 to send your child to college, I think you're well within your right to put that college, that little streamer bumper sticker on your rear windshield, I'm fine with that. But like you would mention, the coexist, the fact that these cunts... I'm using cunt a lot. That's really yeah, my yeah. go-to word. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's, uh, it, I'm just it finally, fits appropriately in this fine yeah, radio yeah. program. The fact that like when when they take a look, somebody designed that coexist bumper sticker and they used all of these like different symbols to represent each letter in coexist. Dude, that is the definition of cunty. It's pretty clever though. No, it isn't. That's cunty. It was pretty clever for somebody to look at the letters of coexist and find a way to what's the X? Let me pull up the image. Why are you looking at me like that? 
because it's terrible. It is terrible, but you have to give credit where credit's due. It's 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 clever. All right, it's it's clever. It's done. Yes. That's all I'm saying by a cunt in a clever way. So while you're looking up with the X's, I'll tell you my story. Oh, so, it's the it's the Star of David. Ah, uh, which is funny because now go through the. You different were letters. always mean to my friend David. You were always mean to him. <laughs> we must go faster. We're the only schmucks trying to get into DC. That's from Independence Day. Oh, that was uh, uh, what's his face's father, right? Yeah. Um, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Thank you. You never listen to my 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 son David. So what? What are the different letters? All right. So the C is uh, I'm not sure what it stands for. It's a moon with a little star. I don't know what that is. Isn't that like the uh, South Carolina flag? Sure. The O is a peace symbol. Okay. Uh, the E is oh, that's cute. It's it's uh, an amalgamation of uh, the the male symbol and the female symbol. Well, that's outdated. The X is the Star of David, as I said. The I is an I, but the dot of the I is a pentagram. Yeah, get it the I'm si- sorry? Get the Satanists in there. <laughs> well, a pentacle, I guess, for witches. For the witches. Uh, the S is, uh, of course, the famous uh, uh, yin-yang. Yes. And the T is a cross. See, like when I had decals on my car, I wouldn't go with something fucking gimmicky like this. I had no with decals. Oh, did you? they made oh. one for tolerance. Oh, oh, this is awesome. I've never seen that one. Have you ever seen that on a car? No. Come on. So the T is a cross. The O is the P symbol. The L is is a Native American weapon. What? <laughs> Some kind of hatchet. What the fuck is that? To scalp them, scalp them, them white man. Uh, the E is, of course, the 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 male female symbol. The R uh, is uh, looks like a an Aborigine fella playing the the flute. Uh, the A is the Star of David again. The N is a regular N, but inside the N is the little circle that you see on the cover of uh, the cover art for the Spirograph. I'm not sure what that thing is. No, no. The C is uh, North Carolina again, and the okay. The E is E equals MC squared. Scientologist. I just want to point out that is there the, is the Scientologist symbol E equals MC squared. No, but they're just trying to give credit to to people who, uh, I guess, atheists who believe in science. Uh, I'm more focused on the fact that the R intolerance looks like my uh, my witch my witch doctor character in Diablo three. Yes. Yeah, he's about to create a oh, typhoon of piranhas. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, you know, if I'm gonna push it on my car, like I did when I was when I was younger, uh, I wouldn't use something like this. I I would use something a little flashier. Flashier. Yeah. What did you have on your car? Um, I had a, a few uh, a few accoutrements on my car. Mm-hmm. <sighs> How did you um? How did you curate these pieces? Did you maybe like go to the store on separate occasions? And How did you curate these pieces? <laughs> You're a piece of <laughs> shit. Uh, I went into the Auto Zone mm-hmm. or uh, Advanced Auto Parts, perhaps. Okay, it was a long time ago. I was in uh, the high schools. Yes, and uh, they sold a package of various. Flare for your car that right, I thought looked right. cool. 
Uh, my car was a white, like an ivory colored Acura Legend. Now, what year was this? The car or the, the year uh, I did both, this? Both, both, both. Uh, the car was like an 88 or 89, maybe. Okay. Uh, the year I did this would have been... Like late 90s. Yeah, 98, 99, maybe. So a typical, what should be seen, it's like a typical high school kid's car, right? A car that was like over 10 years old. Yeah. It had numerous previous owners, a lot of miles on it, you know, needed some work. You know, don't change the tires or, you know, maybe update the, the timing belt. It, by a sticker how, pack. How do you know I didn't do those things? Because I have a feeling that your focus was on these stickers because <laughs> you were so proud. Very proud. I could tell. I could tell. It's okay. So I. Uh, so you bought the sticker pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was more than just stickers. There was other things in there. Other accoutrements, as yes, you say. Yes, yes, yes. A cornucopia of, uh, uh, of decals and, and, and fixtures. Okay. Uh, including ones uh, that I forgot to mention the other day. No. Yep. We'll start with the stickers. Let, let's hear. Okay. So, uh, you know on the, the windshield of a car yes. uh, where there's like that dark strip to help prevent sun yes. uh, uh, blindness? Sun blindness. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Glare. Yes. So, on that sun blindness protector, yes. uh, I had two eyeballs that, were, that had flame trails coming off of them, like a tail, like flame tails, and they were facing towards each other where they were colliding Right in the center of the windshield, where on the interior would be the the rearview mirror hanging, uh, and then the fenders on the front fenders above the wheels, uh, there were arched fireballs going over uh, in like a, like a semicircle shape to to follow the 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 vehicle lines of the of the front fender above the wheel well. There was an eyeball just by itself, no fireballs or anything, just an eyeball on the gas tank cover. Uh, a lot of flames and eyeballs. Yeah, well, that was the package was flaming eyeballs. Flaming eyeballs. What, what do you think this was supposed to like signify? The car being fast? I don't or know. Or that you see everything? I see everything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Sh- I, I mean, I, I, I can't speak to the inner machinations of what was happening with the manufacturers of this sticker package. Okay, let's be a little more specific then. Okay. Um, what was your mental culpable state when you put the stickers on your car? Like, what, what theme were you going for? <laughs> like, it's on clearance since like a Ford. Because <laughs> <laughs> that Grim Reaper set was speaking to me, but that was like 30 bucks more. Oh, fuck that. You know? So now, okay, so you have the, the eyeballs on the front, the eyeball on the gas tank cover, the flames over the fender flares. What else? Uh, uh, from, the, from the rear view mirror, uh, I had hanging uh, Ooh. an eyeball. Oh, like similar to like where people put like their fuzzy dice. Yes. You had a, you had a, a fuzzy singular, eyeball. A singular eyeball hanging, swaying in the breeze. Oh, okay. And on the antenna was, my, was the... the Piece de resistance. Uh, the a foam eyeball with a fire trail coming off of it. So when you would drive, the tail would in the wind, and it would look like a flying uh, eyeball. So it was like semi loose on the antenna, so right. it would always orient to the direction that the car was traveling yes. in. Yep. Uh, very cool. And in the back window was a big thirteen thirteen. I'm sorry. Thirteen thirteen. What it? Thirteen thirteen. What is that? Uh, you know, 1313 Mockingbird Lane from uh, the Munsters. Wh- Why was that on the back of your car? 
it was part, it was part of the symbol for our band. Part of the symbol I'm hot for your band. No, I'm no, I'm actually cool now. I'm it's, <laughs> it's not warm in here anymore. I'm good. I'm getting uncomfortable. What happened? So th- it, it was like one three one three. The second thirteen was a mirror image, like backwards. Oh, so, so even the three was written in the wrong way. Right. Okay. It was for your band. Yeah. Not the not the death metal band. Oh no. No. What did you play in this band? Uh, the death metal one. In both the death metal one, I was uh, I played keyboards for a band mm-hmm. that had one song that required keyboards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking stood up there, proud as shit. I would. I don't blame you. What was yeah. this band though? For uh, the thirteenth. Thir- it was yeah, yeah. It was my typo negative cover band. Yes. Who's Peter Steele? Uh, he's the lead singer. No, I know who oh. Peter Steele oh, is. Oh, oh, who oh. in the band? Well, like, were you Peter Steele? No, 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 no. Oh, so no. You, you weren't the singer. What were you in this band? The guitarist. Um, did you want a guitar at that time? When I made the band. Oh, you! This was your band. No, well, I mean, not mine, but oh, when, so when the band was formed, I was a founding member. Oh, so you were one of the originalists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So you went out. You bought a guitar. Yes. Okay. Where'd you guys play? Well, we we never played anywhere. Wait, hold on a second. I'm very. What was the name of the band? The Casket Crew. Okay. With a K. With a K. A backwards K. So like the the the, the vertical lines were like thick. back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like being like like a like a lethal weapon ad. Right, where like, right. you know, Riggs and yeah, fucking yeah. what's his fuck face? Murtaugh. Murtaugh yeah. were like back to back. Okay. Yeah, and the K the double K's were on the top of a casket. And at the bottom of the casket the casket was sitting on top of thirteen. Thirteen. It, which was a mirror image of itself. Lots of, yes. Very similar to the to the case. Yeah. It, symmetry. All right. Look, I'm not going to lie. I can respect it. In the 90s, huge. There was like a big market for that kind of shit. But you never played. Nope. Where did you guys? Like, where'd you practice? We didn't. You never <laughs> practiced. So you... <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, we came up with roles, and we came up with stage So names. everybody had a purpose, a role in this band, Yep. right? So you had how many guitarists? Two? So you had one guitar. <laughs> so you were lead and rhythm. Good. I like that. With zero... I didn't know what lead and rhythm were. I just said, I'll be the guitarist. Good. I like this. So you had a guitarist, a bassist, a drummer, and a singer. You designed a logo, a name, another logo with the... like mirrored 13s and then never played a song no nope okay we wouldn't have to though you could just send a typo negative it's the same shit (laughs) 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 okay and uh and we came up with stage names Mm -hmm. and like marilyn manson you know right 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 uh what was your stage name Uh, the, 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 you know, talking about my leather pants uh, doesn't embarrass. I'm, I'm You're painting a beautiful image for the <laughs> listeners. So we have leather pants, this white Acura Legend stickers, all flame eyeball stickers. <laughs> it, it, 
fucking chainmail shirt that was only in the front, not in the back, because you you never got backstabbed. You were only straight on attacks. And then you created a band that you never even picked up a guitar to play for, and you went so far as to create stage names. So I'm sorry. <laughs> what what was um what was what was your name of the band? So you didn't go by Brian in the band. Nope. Uh, the lead singer's name was Pestilence. I don't remember the bassist name, and I don't know if we had a drummer. <laughs> we might have. I can't remember. Uh, it was just the singer tapping on the table. <laughs> I believe the, the excuse was, we'll just get a drum machine. <laughs> Good. Uh, and and uh, me, of course, I didn't even um, as the I'm sorry, guitarist. you you, uh, you got to speak up. I don't think the microphone picked that up. You kind of like turned away. Uh, well, see, so what I did was I took uh, much like Marilyn Manson, right? Marilyn was Marilyn Monroe and Charles Manson. Everyone in the band that that's what they did. The first name of I think a famous female and the last name of a serial killer. Um, so what what so famous I, female was Pesty? Well, no, that we. I'm just saying we had like a, a theme. I'm not sure what. I had a theme for me. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so I picked. Uh, fuck, I picked. This isn't fair because I'm getting real nervous. It's getting it's four. Very hot in here. So your your first name was off of a female. No, no, no. The first name I took uh, from the first name of the priest from the Exorcist, uh, Damien. Ah, and then your last name was derived from something that sounded good with Damien. <laughs> so I went with Dawn. Damien Dawn. Damien Dawn. Now I would think after this, after this band kind of diffused. I'm sweating. I'm fucking sweating. You are, right I now. see it. Your hair is like becoming a mess. It's getting bad. So I would think after this band diffused, right? That name it died, right? You never used it again, right? Why would you put it on another car or anything, right? <laughs> like you're such a <laughs> dick. Uh, you know, young Brian, cool Brian, yeah, 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 with the leather pants, mm-hmm. pleather, and the ringmail shirt. Really liked Damien Don. Like that's a cool name. So he decided, fuck. The casket crew, Damien Dawn, is going to be his own band until dawn. So we rebranded the band. Just me. Just you. And my neighbor. Two-man crew. How many really good two-member bands can you think of? I'll give you a minute. I can't think of any. I can't think of any. Two Not two bands. members, and then they bring on a drummer and whoever else while they tour. I'm strictly two people. No, it's... it's I it, hate to use the word impossible, right? But you need drums, you need bass, and you need guitar. So the minimum that you can get away with is three, Unless in my you do opinion. two in a drum machine. Yeah, but who's running the drum machine when you play live? Like, what's a guitarist going to run over and hit the button, and now you start going? No, Barry. Oh, you have a producer. Yeah, Barry. So Barry runs out. Barry Druckheimer then, would, would but, run the drum machine. But then he's part of the band. Well, no, he's just a, he's a tech. But he's, he's in charge of the drum machine. Right. 
He's the drum tech. He's the drum tech. Yeah. Part of the band. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you and your neighbor, and you kept uh, what I kept, I'm sorry, I kept referring to when we were driving, and you originally told me the story, I kept referring to you as Desiree Dawn. <laughs> but, uh, yes, yes, Mr. Dawn. So you you have this band. So now you create a new band with your neighbor. Yeah. What happened to this Acura Legend? That's what I want to know. Uh, I wrecked it. Okay, so that died. What was your next car? A Pontiac Grand Prix. And I would think you learned your lesson from the first car, right? No more advanced auto parts, pet boys, decals on the car, right? We were strictly decal free? Well, I mean, I learned some of my lesson. I didn't go to pet boys to get my stickers. Where'd you go? Uh, to the garage to have one custom made. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a custom decal made? Yeah, on the same sun protector on okay. top uh, were the words Damien Dawn. Um, in bloody red letters that match the color of the of the car. Yes, uh, but that wasn't it. Oh, it didn't end there. No, no, no. no. Uh, I mean, we're here. You know, I, you know, the image that I have in my head is you driving. Did did your windows have tint? Like, were they tinted? Because I picture you like rolling up to the mall, like where all the kids are hanging out, you know, like all the high schoolers are hanging out, right? And uh, you pull up, and a bunch of kids are looking at the car, and they're like, look at this jerk, this fucking loser with his car. And then you, you fucking monster, <laughs> step out of the car. And it reminds me of that, that, that uh, Simpson bit when I forget who it was, but they were making fun of the little, little car, and that giant guy gets out, and he's like, yeah. Are you making fun of me and my right. automobile? Like, that's. I picture you stepping out and just ripping people's arms off. Yeah. Like Fezzik. <laughs> yeah. Um, a typical scene would be me driving way too fast for a Pontiac Grand Prix because, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Mustang. Uh, it was a Grand Prix, but I would be ripping tires, you know. Uh, and you would often hear Cannibal Corpse or uh, Cradle of Filth or another various death or black metal band blasting out of the factory speakers uh, and I would get out with my leather pants and ringmail shirt um, you know it, I guess it did help that I was almost 7 feet tall so uh, that, that probably stymied a lot of the angst that I probably would have deservedly suffered uh, but on the interior of, of, of uh, the Pontiac yes <laughs> uh, the dashboard was covered inch to inch with band stickers. Rage Against the Machine, Nine Inch Nails, Megadeth, Manson, Metallica, every band that you could think of. Tool, uh, even bands I didn't even listen to, just to just to add to the the litany of, of stickers. Sublime, Rusted Root. Oh, my God. Uh, Gravity Kills. Uh, merciful you, fate. Wh what are the chances that a decent King um, Diamond? Holy shit, King Diamond! <laughs> yeah, I had everything. I had. Dude, everything. I've seen them live like three times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think the chances <clears throat> of fifty percent of the listeners not knowing half of these bands? Good. Good, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. King Diamond, I think, is definitely one that people can be like, "Who the fuck is King Diamond?" Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine. Corrosion of Conformity. Oh, that was another good one. COC. When I was in a band, 
um, my the drummer, one of his really good friends. Was, oh, you had a drummer. Yeah, we actually had a. We actually stood on a stage and played. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, p- what, pardon me. What a band does. Um, we um, the the drummer, a good friend of his, was really big into uh, Kings Diamond. He was kind of like he was kind of my mentor. The guy was he was an amazing bassist. The guy was fucking. He was incredible. I don't know what the fuck he's doing now. He's probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was pretty much it on the inside of the car. The only other thing that was on the inside of the car, uh, I took black electrical tape. And unbeknownst to me why I did this, but I did, I guess to fit the ambiance of the car. You had a wiring issue. No, no, no. I took one the, of the, like, you had a faulty light in the, in the front nope, of the car. Nope. You had to get under the, where the steering wheel was and, and take care of some wiring? No, I had to take the tape and take care of the, the horn. Uh, oh, the, the horn was broken. Wheel. So there was no, like some sort of no? no on the steering wheel. It wasn't like a loose it was connection. Too barren. So I I took a black electrical tape and made a six 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 on the on the steering wheel. I remember I got stopped by the cops. Oh boy! And he lo- he looks at it. Go. Mm-hmm. What are you, some kind of devil worshipper? <laughs> and I was like, why? Why would he say? Uh, what what makes you think that? No, I just like the oh, mm. yeah. No answer for that one. He he kind of got you there. He was uh, yeah. He's yeah. he was right. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. A, an appropriate question to ask. Yeah. Uh, you just told him that you were a Maiden fan. You had all the fucking bumper stickers. The one thing I think I pointed out in the car, and it's really not that big of a deal, but. Uh, th- when I pointed out in the cars when we were driving, we were talking about this. Uh, your your obsession with the number eight, and when we take a look at your your Acura Legend, when you have thirteen thirteen one plus three plus three plus one equals eight. If you took the threes, that would have been great. If somebody fucked with you, if they knew that you had like this like anti number eight thing going on, and, and they, they peeled together. the threes and then put them together, I lost my mind. You would fucking break your own windshield. I'm sure. One eighty one is not fucking what I'm all nope, about. Nope, nope, nope. That's bullshit. I, I also, I once had a bumper sticker. So I bought my first car. Was it my first car? Yeah, actually, it was my first car. I think I bought it in 1994, 95, something around there. And I bought it off of my sister-in-law. She was a year older than me. So she had had this car, and uh, she would gotten a second car, and I needed a car. I just got my driver's license. So I bought it. It was a 1986 Buick Regal. Ooh. It was a fucking tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This car, the car might have been longer than your shed. <laughs> it was fucking, ma- the car was massive. It was awesome. It was great. It was a fun car. It was a rectangle with wheels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It looked like a lunchbox. Right. Um, and on the, on the bumper, not on the bumper, I'm sorry, on the, uh, on the trunk, there was like a, like a lip, maybe about four inches or so that came down where it met like where the taillights were because everything was very flush in the back. There were no curves. Everything was very square. She, uh, she had a bumper sticker and it was the letters... F, capital F, lowercase a, and then space, and then a capital Q. Fuck you. So I called it the fuck you mobile. And out of, out of pride and respect for my sister-in-law, I refused to take it off. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So I left that on. But no band. My brother was into that. My brother had a Jeep Wrangler with a hard top, and he would take like Slipknot and Tool and Metallica and all these other bands, and, and he would put them on the... Uh, on the ceiling inside of his car. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah. I could get behind that. Yeah, which is pretty neat. Now, I have a Wrangler, but it's a soft top, so obviously you can't put anything. But to be honest, if I had a hard top, yeah, I would do that. that that's kind of neat. I would even do that to this day. 
You know, I would put yeah. old bands I used to listen to, like Otis Rush and Frank Sinatra. Oh, no, wait, that goes back too far. That's not how old I am. But anyway, I had this fuck you machine, and uh, yeah, until that, I totaled that car. I fucking smashed somebody, and it hit and run. Not me. The guy took off. It was fucking snowing. I'll never forget it. I was in Jersey. I was on Route 9, and I was coming across a light, and some dude fucking ate the light, and I just fucking wrecked him, and that dude took off. On foot? No. My car was totaled, which is amazing that I was able to actually total this car, and this motherfucker took off down the street. So if anybody knows of a vehicle back in like the mid-90s that got hit on Route 9 and fled southbound on Route 9 <laughs> at a freehold. <laughs> there was a I'm still looking for that motherfucker. Uh, that was, yeah, that, that was probably uh, a cachet of drugs in his car. Or he was... Oh, he was probably wasted. He was inebriated. Drunk. Yeah, yeah, he was probably drunk. I probably was drunk too, but I stayed. Yeah. You, know? you did the right thing. I did the right thing. Yeah. I didn't get arrested. <sighs> this is all very uncomfortable. Now you're sweating. I'm yeah. very cool. Calm and collected. Calm and collected over here. Maybe in the next episode, I want to talk about... Yeah. Next episode, we're going to talk about the mall. I want to talk about my old mm. buddies, Acid and Freedom. What the fuck? <laughs> Why is it that all of your friends had like stage names? <laughs> well, that was their normal names. Acid and Freedom. I mean, was... other government names, but... Oh, that was, that's what know, they went by. That's yeah, what yeah, everybody yeah. referred to them as. Yes. I had friends' names like Mike. And I John. had a Mike. Okay. I had John too. John was my 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 partner in uh, in uh, until dawn. We had a T-shirt. You guys made T-shirts. Yeah. Do you still have it? No. What is going on? We got dogs. It's, oh, he's yeah. He's barking at your neighbors. What? Let's like a beehive of activity here. A lot of action. What the fuck is he staring at? He's just looking into your neighbor's yard. By the way, your neighbor waved to me as oh. I was pulling into your driveway. Ooh. I didn't know who the fuck it was. They just kind of threw a wave up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I gave him a head nod. I don't know who the fuck it was. Right. Mm. Let's play TNT. Let's, let's get I to I have it. to get out of this. We have to get out of here. I'm starting to get the douche chills. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Ah, the following gameplay is brought to you by Paladin Coffee. Enjoy a delicious cup of amazing coffee and get you through your day. Find them at paladincoffee.com. I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. So, so I'm in Zoblob shop. Yes, Zob, Zob, Zobob, Zobobob shop. Uh, and you just bought your your wife a little uh, a little jewelry box. She'll appreciate a little that purple jewelry box. Just trying to be nice. And uh, this gentleman is uh, looking to see if you have anything that you'd like to sell him. I have a stone carved jewelry box. <laughs> Eight gold. No. Um, being a shrewd businessman. He is not feeling that. No, deal. no, he doesn't. I didn't think so. Uh, you know, politely, I just go through my pockets to see if there's anything that I have. But I already know that I don't. Yeah, no. <clears throat> Nothing purple. So, unfortunately, my friend, no. I don't think I have anything that would interest you. However, I do have a, I have two questions. Number one, can I, uh, 
can I pick up some of that that tobacco that you're smoking? He kind of smiles. He's like, ah, a fellow pipe enthusiast, huh? Indeed. Oh, I pull my pipe out. And uh, he looks at the pipe, and he's, you know, a little disappointed it's not purple. But he uh, yeah, he agrees. He gives you a, a little pinch, and he helps you stuff it into the pipe. And Here you go. Thank you. By any chance... You're excited about the new tobacco. I'm very happy. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna light it up inside of the... Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. Well, uh, all right. Before I light it up, let me ask you this. When I walked in, the like the aromatics come off, coming off of this guy's pipe, like... I, how would I even know? I, I wouldn't know. So strike that question from the record. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna start smoking with the guy. Okay, get a little peace pipe with my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's got like this really a uh, little harsher than probably you would be expecting, given the scent of it is a very soft like juniper and and lavender smell. But it's a it's a little harsh. Give me. I'm not inhaling. Just so you know. That's okay. Give me a perception test. Uh, check. Perception check. Sorry, let me. Did, did the bird shit in this thing? No, no. I checked it. All right, we're good. We're good. Eighteen. Oh, dice are with me so far today. We'll see how long that fucking lasts. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. Oh no. This isn't just normal tobacco, as I'm sure you probably figured. Yeah, yeah of course. Um. This tobacco almost feels like it's uh, like the, the the cloud surrounding you almost feels like it's opening you, opening your mind, like my third eye. Yeah, like you're starting to think of things and think of things in different contexts, like weed almost. Like mm. you're really getting into like the weed talk with this guy. The other thing it does is it really opens the door for your gauntlets, for your gauntlets to talk to you. Oh shit. I really I had an important question to ask this guy before like the effects of this tobacco really start to, to settle in. And that is I wanted to know if by some off chance he's seen this uh Floon character. Obviously he's not gonna know the guy's name is Floon, so Yeah. I'll ask describe this guy, him. Right, if he's seen a like a fairly medium height, thin build, red hair. No, he has not. Not walked into the shop in the past couple of days. No. Okay. I'll continue to smoke my pipe. So, to your surprise, uh, you start hearing the whispers. And suddenly, your gauntlets start sliding off your hands. Really? Like physically or I'm like, like you feeling? Can, you feel like they're loose. They felt like they were skin tight before. Now they're starting to feel like they're they're loosening up a little bit. And I'm assuming while this is happening, you and, and uh, Zabalabalabababa are having a, or just a conversation talking about like the deeper mysteries of the universe. Yeah, and why he has an obsession with purple. Right. So I'll make an attempt, trying to be fairly unnoticeable, just kind of in a normal, you know how your hands are moving when you talk. I'll maybe take my uh, my right hand and place it 
on the wrist of my left hand, as we're talking, you know, I'll just put my hands down at like my waist and see if I can actually pull my hand. You can. So I can remove my hand from the gauntlet. Now, while you're doing this, as you start removing it, the whispers start getting more distant. Hmm. And a little more um, urgent. Like, no, like, you can't quite make out words necessarily. I'm having a hard time trying to explain this. You can't hear words, but you can feel a communication. Almost as though the voices are part of me and I'm trying to remove them. And they're like, no, no, wait, come back, come back, come back. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, I didn't remove it fully. Just I see that my yeah. hand can slide out. So now I slide my hand back into it. Okay. Uh, you start getting images of the map that you've drawn of Debrin. And these gauntlets are intently directing you towards Keska Gorge. Keska Gorge uh, is in the is in House Starfall, and it is in the very far southeast of Debrin. It is a very large lake, and the town of Facepire. Uh, is just outside, uh, surrounding, or like next to, built around uh, Keska Gorge. The um, the feeling that Harrison has is it? Does he feel overwhelmed? Does he feel like anxious or relaxed? Like is this is this something that's that's coming to him and he's like? Explain. Like, is it making him like jittery and nervous? Like, no. There's like an immediate urge to go, or he's just kind of like you mentioned before. Like, it, it's almost like like he's in the clouds. He's very kind of yeah, but like seeing these images, just and it, it, like the in- images are getting more intense and like almost like throbbing. Uh, and you, I guess, would understand that you're starting to. I, I would imagine you're starting to make the distinction now that these gauntlets you're wearing are more than just gauntlets with hidden weapons inside of them. There's more going on. You have mage hands. There's a lot of weird shit going on, especially in a place where there is no magic. So I would say that that imagery, if 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 going to this Keska Gorge, because this, this has come up before, this place. If it wasn't as much of a priority before, it's you're starting to understand like maybe this is more of a priority, right? All right. Um, so, like I said, I slip my hand back into uh, the gauntlet. I'll finish sharing a pipe with this guy, and I'll ask him if he has any that I can buy. Yeah, uh, he has two ounces that he's willing to part with for five gold. Okay, so I pay him. I'll take the two ounces. All right. And you have two ounces of purple tobacco. A bit of purple weed. So now the gauntlets have have bestowed upon you this Keska Gorge thing. Right. More lucidly than normal because of this tobacco. Um, they've also impressed upon you uh, the need to go talk to this librarian. So these these gauntlets are trying to lead you somewhere, right? To something. So it seems like we have uh, some decisions to make. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going back and reviewing something really quick. Uh, 
here's here's kind of everything laid out. The Empire wants you to go uh, to a, a city on the mainland to investigate reports of magic use. Right. You also are in the middle of looking for a missing person for a somewhat famous author. Also now, your, your equipment appears to be sentient and really wants you to go to um, Keska Gorge. And they also seemingly really want you to talk to this uh, librarian underneath the uh, the Imperial capital itself. Right. So I think... Also, Maximo is working on the missing persons with you. And, and that's... He's uh, away looking for info of no description because you just didn't want him with you. <laughs> you sent him away. And you have Citadel in Lake Dodd. Yes. All right. I think I'm going to... Uh, There's also a matter of all these portals all over the place. All right. All right. All right. There's a lot of fucking... A lot of, irons of loose ends. Yeah. A lot of irons in the fire. I am going to... Uh, yeah, I'm going to go find Maximo. All right. No, I'm going to leave this in his hands. I, I think that's the best thing for Harrison to do at this point. Um, so I'll head home. Okay. I, I leave the shop. And I when you leave the shop, nope, you oh. suddenly don't have an urge to do that. Get out of here. My knocking fixation is over. Okay. Oh, that that's good. That's weird. All right, so I head out of the shop, and I'm going to... Uh, I'll make my way back home. Okay. Have I been moved yet? No, I wouldn't say so. I think it's only been maybe a day or two. Okay. So they're so probably the still looking the for a place yet. Right. Okay. All right, so I'll I'll head home. And before I stop into uh, my apartment, I go over to <clears throat> excuse me, I go over to Maximus. Okay, knock on the door. Yep, and uh, he opens the door. Uh, even before you knock, he heard you coming. Oh, good. And uh, you see, he's got scrolls and parchments and all kinds of shit covering his apartment, uh, trying to find information. And he says, "Hey, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? Oh, you're home. Th- this is good. Yeah." I'm, uh, I'm working. There's not much about this, this floon guy. You haven't found anything? Not, nothing that we don't already know. Okay. He's, he's got a bit of a gambling problem, but, you know, we kind of already. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah. So. He's probably got, you know, wrapped up with some bookies if I, you know, if I had to guess. Okay. Hey, listen, do me a favor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to take off for a little bit. So I'm going to entrust you to continue this investigation. Oh, well, just for the time it, being. Is everything okay? Yeah, everything is great. Okay. All right. How, how long do you think you're going to be gone? Uh, not long at all. So just continue doing what you're doing and see what you can uncover. And then, you know, if you find anything, just, uh, I guess, report back. Try to find your way back to the Cassandra. And If, if I find him before you get back, are, are we... Um, <clears throat> oh. Are we still uh, splitting the? No, if, if if you find him before I get back, you all, all the all the money you can keep. Oh, th- that's th- on you. And I, I wasn't going to ask that. Yeah, sure was, you were. Yeah. Sure you were. I, come on, by now, Maximo. Come on, man. Like I think we know each other by now. You can even you can even take credit. No, oh, okay. Full credit. You can you can carve me right out. I'm fine with that. All right. 
So, but just continue working on this because I want to make sure that we're able to find this guy for uh, for Cassandra. All right. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll I'll look after your family for you while you're gone. Wow, you're a true gentleman <laughs> and a friend. Yeah. Listen, brothers to the end. You know anything you need, you you just let me know. Good. 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 Listen, they call me Uncle Maximo. All right. I, you know anything you need, I got gotcha. you. If I ever hear my kid call you Uncle Maximo. I no, would, no, no, no. I'm, oh, I'm not, oh, oh, oh. In, in general. In general. general. Yeah. Right, right, Uncle right. Maximo's got you, buddy. <laughs> Good. Listen, if there's one thing I'm great at, it's finding people. You can ask anybody. I'm, you know, I'm Finding people's my thing. All right, so then you should have no problems finding Floon. All right. Take care, buddy. Yeah, hey, yeah, listen, and of course, you know, if you need me to go with you, you know, I, I, I can find somebody to take care of this for us. I, you know, I, I can go with you, buddy. No, 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 that's not necessary. Okay. Thank you, though. I need you here. That way you can look after my family. I, who, who, who else would I trust more than you? Uh, listen, I'm have, your guy. Have fun helping my family move away from you. What? I'm sorry? You, what, what, what? No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. You don't want to smarten him up. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> Just one day he knocks on the door. Uncle Maximo is here, and then uh, it's like nobody's just like migrants that moved in. They're like, who? Hello, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, so uh, all right, I say goodbye, and uh, <laughs> you know, I go, I go to my home. Okay. So I walk in, and uh, I would imagine kids are at uh, study. You know. Uh, Good. Tutoring or whatever, and and uh, wifey is doing, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah watching yeah. this, watching her, sh- watching her stories. Yeah, having some bonbons. Soaps. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Married to Peggy Bundy. That's good. I like Peggy. Um, can my wife's name be Peggy? Yes. No, I'm kidding. It's not Peggy. <laughs> um. All right. So I, I just, you know, Harrison will attempt to keep the interaction short and sweet because he's going to pack and leave. Because there's a large part of him that just does not like his family. <laughs> and he doesn't want to admit it to anybody. <laughs> Darling, I love you. But frankly, I don't give a damn. <laughs> no, I think in all honesty, I think uh, I think he, he, he recognizes, Harrison sees like what's, or at least he's starting to understand like what's going on here. And he's making an attempt, an honest attempt to maybe isolate his family from whatever is about to happen. Right. So if there's any sort of potential like collateral like you plausible know, you, deniability. Right. And also you always see in movies where the uh the protagonist is always looking to disconnect from their family because should anything happen, obviously the antagonist always goes after the family for information. So he's just trying to keep that life separate. Um and I feel like he's he's failing. He just he has a heart for his wife. Right, obviously. right, right. So as can be seen by spending six gold on a fucking jewelry box that could fit into your hand. <laughs> Cute little thing. Um, so uh, so I go up to my wife. I say hello. And I'll explain how. And I would imagine by now she kind of understands the gig that's going on, right? So Harrison just kind of sits her down and says, hey, look, you know, um, you know, I've been tasked by the Empire. There's a, a, a mission that's going to take me away from the Imperial City. I'll be heading back to the mainland. And uh, that's actually, it's happening now. So I'm going to gather some stuff. Uh, but look, hey, honey, in the meantime, look what I got you. And I'll give her the uh, 
Uh, uh, just give me a flat 20. Let's see how well this goes over. 14. All right. I guess we're slowly trying to build. Is your wife like a pain in the ass? Or is she like a cool chick who's just like, whatever, honey, do what you got to do? Probably someplace in the middle. That, like That's what the roles have kind of been. Yeah. Because my thought is Harrison had this normal to whatever a, a portmaster. Fairly normal. You know, he had long hours and he would always come home. And I don't think he was going home and getting beat up by his wife. But she was like, oh, you know, you can't do something that... You know, has you be at home more with the kids. And now this whole thing has blossomed and it's keeping him really away from home. So I would I would think that she understands the significance that it's not like I'm just running around gallivanting. Like she yeah. sees the pomp and circumstance that was made when we returned to the city, the dinner that we had. She understands that somehow I've fallen into some sort of level of import with the city and, you know, the empire. So she goes along with it, but begrudgingly. Yeah. That makes sense. That seems to be the fairest way. Uh, so with a 14, she, uh, she, we go from eye roll to kind of excited about this box mm. to, I would say with a 14, she almost kind of feels bad for you. Like, not like breaking your balls. Like, oh man, are you ever going to get a chance to relax? Mm. Not not to be a dick about it, but like she, right. she feels bad for you. And she, you know, I, I, with a 14, she's cool. She's like, all right, okay. you know, um, you want some dinner before you go or, you know. Or are you leaving like now? No, that's fine. I'll, I'll have dinner. All right. So the kids come home. We have a little night together, uh, some dinner. And are we leaving like first thing in the morning or are we chartering a ship uh, pronto? Yeah, I'm leaving right after dinner. I'm leaving. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you, I imagine you bring your imperial credentials with you. Of course. So uh, <clears throat> in the Empire, the way it works in cities on the mainland is there is... Uh, like a like a mayor almost um the magistrate and then there's his justiciar so the justiciar basically is kind of like the like the cops and the judge of each city and they hold a lot of important meetings and things like that and they keep the empire aware of what's going on they usually work with the magistrate uh to figure out who's a heretic you know with very little evidence We've been through that, but general crimes as well. They they work together to see what the punishments are going to be. It's a little bit of a political uh, spot. Your position, while you're technically this justiciar, you are from the imperial city itself. So it's almost like uh, you have like the local police, then you have the state troopers, and then you have the federales. Right. You're kind of like. Uh, the federales, the mm. special agent in charge. Ah, yes, yes. Harrison Bullock. So that grants you authority over pretty much everybody except for the people who gave you your spot. Okay. So it's while it doesn't happen a lot, it seems like the Empire's starting to make moves. They're very concerned about what happened in Northridge. And it seems like if you were to look into the future 20 years, there's a special task force and there's probably going to be a picture of you hanging up as the first guy. Hmm. You know, from this task force. Right, right, right. Like the, the first FBI, FBI agent. Right, right, or CIA, or however you want to look at it. Okay. Um, so it's kind of known already that when you need something, like, we're doing it right now, and we're not really asking questions. It's not like these bullshit writs that you were given. Like, you're supposed to follow them, but it's like, eh. Right. Like, now you got some teeth to, okay. your, to your position. Um, so I'd imagine if you go to charter a ship, 
while they don't just have one on standby, you're probably waiting a couple hours as they get one ready, but within a reasonable amount of time, you're on a ship, and we are going... Well, here's, here's I think, the way... Um... <clears throat> the, uh, <clears throat> the, the crown wanted you to go to uh, Fairpoint. Do you have uh, you have the map? Not with me. I can uh, send you this one. This librarian, though, is in the Imperial City, correct? Yeah, he's in the um, in like the Calaeum, the the actual building of the Empire. Right. He's in the archives in the basement of that. Okay. Which is where you would go if you wanted to charter a ship, and then you would hop on a transport over to the waterfront. Oh, so then, oh, so that works out perfectly. So then I'll kill two birds. Because initially I was going to say, let me charter the ship, and then while I'm waiting for that, I was going to go seek out the librarian. But okay. if it's all going to be in the same area, then that's that's where I'm going. All right, so we're going to go look for this guy? Uh, yes. But whenever you get a chance, if you can send me a, a uh, It should be on its way. Okay, so you were saying um, they're... In, they're um, so the Empire... They originally asked you to go to Fairpoint, but they said uh, there's no time limit on that. There's reports of something that happened there. They're fairly convinced already that it's just like mass hysteria spreading from Northridge. Like a chicken died. And like, ah, oh, witchcraft. But given that something did happen in Northridge, they figure they're going to appoint you as the guy to go out and debunk this shit. Okay. If we were playing Warhammer, you would be an Inquisitor. I That's see. kind of the best way, I, you know. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I understand. I, I get the significance of the title. All right. I, I, I know. I know the direction that he's going to head. Okay. So also, uh, it's worth noting that while anyone can ask you questions, any of your superiors, you did get the feeling that it's kind of like here's your title, here's your power, uh, here's what we need you to do. Have at it. We'll see you when we see you. Right. So it's not like the other mission where right. it was, you know, it almost felt like they were putting time constraints on it. Like, get this shit done and then yeah. we'll see, you know, what your fate is. At because the of your, even though it was that, that first mission was kind of fucked up. Yeah. They feel like you did an exceptional job and they've learned more from your mission, you know, than they ever thought they would have. Okay. Uh, so that has given you credence to okay this is a guy that we can trust you know they had that dinner with you they're kind of feeling you out a little bit they're like right. we we like this guy so you got a little bit of latitude now all right good sounds good well we're going to take full advantage of that uh so i I'm, I'm going to go ahead and and head to uh to where this librarian is okay uh i'm not sure if it's in your notes or not but uh, his name is Lorsalem Longjaw Yes. Okay. Yeah. What the fuck do I have here? He's a dwarf. Yes. In fancy clothes. Yes. All right. So I wrap up dinner. I say goodbye to uh, to the wife and kids, and I head out. All right. So we're gonna we're going to talk to this librarian first. Uh, that's correct. Okay. Because I feel like that's that's probably like. As of right now, between that and trying to find the, uh, um, that portal in the, like, 
in, in Harrison's mind, like those are the two things. If he's going to remain in the Imperial City, those are the two things right now that he should be taking care of. But I, there's also shit that I need to do that Harrison feels like he needs to square away off the mainland. So he'll talk to the librarian. Okay. And uh, while he's there, he'll charter the ship, deal with this guy. All right. So I imagine you talk to the, the portman or the portmaster, and you're like, hey, listen, I need a ship. He's like, oh, it's going to be a few hours. You know, maybe by dawn it'll be ready. Okay. And now we're going in and talking to the librarian. Right. Okay. So while uh, you find him, he's, of course, sleeping. That seems to be his MO. Okay. But, you know, he wakes up and he sees you, and you can tell that he recognizes you. He only met you that one time. All right. So um, so Harrison seeks out this uh, librarian. Mm-hmm. You said he's sleeping, right? Yep. All right, so he wakes him up. Oh, what can, what can I do for you? I pull out that parchment. Okay. And uh, I hand it over to him. Uh, between the two of us, is, is there anything that you can uh, tell me about this? So he's kind of, he takes his glasses and puts them at the end of his nose, and he's kind of looking at it. And you see his eyes kind of widen. He's like, oh, I have something kind of similar to this down in the archives. Can we go take a look? Yeah, yeah. So he brings you to the back of the library. There's like a hatch. Like a, like a little door. Pops it open, grabs a candle, and you go down. Lots of cobwebs. Like People don't really come down here very often. And he looks back. He's like, this is exciting. Most people don't ever come in here. I, you know, I'm glad that you're into this kind of stuff. This is, uh, this is where we keep all of the banned imperial history. This is where you know we have uh, stuff about the Crimson Conclave. But I also have something that looks kind of like this. Same kind of handwriting, too. It might be from the same person. So there's these old mismatched books kind of there's there's no elegance to this they're just kind of stacked up here stacked up there right um and then sure enough you find this old piece of uh parchment so uh, yeah i'll open it up if uh, it needs to be opened yeah, or i yeah. take a look at it as the sun dips below the horizon the tainted beasts prowl the holy lands we allow the filthy to desecrate this place and convert others I hear our Lord, our Savior. He speaks to me in the darkness of my own thoughts. Forever watchful, our Lord has shown me the future. He's shown me the death of the silver triumph. These vermin who come to this hallowed ground to squabble over material matters irritate the Great One. Something must be done. So Harrison looks at uh, the librarian. Have you done any research on this? Do you know anything? Do you know anything about this? Is it the same paper? I can recognize that it's the same handwriting, yes. the same writing style. Yes. Um, it's the same type of parchment. Yeah. Okay. I mean, at least similar age. Right. Harrison is already aware, right, that the... Um, I think we uncovered that the, when I was in the, the library the last time, that the Imperial City was destroyed, that the library the library was once referred to as the Silver Triumph, and then... Now it's what, the Tempest's count? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So again, he just he looks at the uh, librarian and asks if there's any information that he's uncovered in his research, if he's done any, on what that says. You know, the only thing... Uh, Can I smoke a pipe in here? Yes. No. Yeah. Oh. I, I, well, are you going to smoke the the wacky tobacco, or are you going to smoke regular tobacco? I'm going to start with regular. Okay. But I have a feeling that the, I, the wacky tobacco... Oh, I don't want to refer to <laughs> I'm going to call that the perp. Yeah, the perp. Yeah, yeah. When I want to smoke the perp, I'll, I'll let you know, which I might end up smoking in here. 
Not right now, though. Okay. So, um, he tells you that there was a, the leader of the Holy Knights at the time. His name was Grayson Crestseeker. He was wholly and completely devout to God and the Silver Triumph. And what would happen is all of the creatures and the races and the people of Debrin would come to the Silver Triumph for diplomatic meetings. Back then, House Vogtrim, House Starfall, and House Dragonwatch were all kingdoms. And the peace was kept by going to uh, the Silver Triumph and working out like the UN almost. Right. They would establish treaties and right trade routes, all that stuff, keeping everything you know um, on the up and up. And originally, what held everyone together was all of them believing in God. This Grace and Crest Seeker started feeling that people started kind of throwing religion to the wayside uh, in exchange for diplomatic treaties. After the Crimson Conclave, which was the the big explosion, and then the purging of Debrin afterwards. Uh, Grayson's son, this guy by the name of Hendrick, formed the uh, Thunder V Sanctorum, uh, the Holy Thunder Force that we now have right here in Debrin. And he was responsible for leading the charge to eliminate everything from Debrin. Now, what that everything is, isn't exactly known. But we have uh, Grayson, uh, Crestseeker, and his son, Hendrick. Okay. Give me a perception check. All right, then I have a question for him. 20. That might be the... F- Is it? I know... I'm going to have to go Whitmore's back. Whitmore's had a couple of crits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, while you're having this discussion with, uh, with this fella... Uh, you start hearing the whispers again. And the whispers start getting louder and louder. And one word, two words keep echoing loud in your mind. And that's Esther Hoffland. You start getting images flashing through your mind. An old woman in a rocking chair. An armoire with an old envelope tied closed with a wax seal and then house dragon watch and give me a D100 should I roll the one that the bird shit on they say that's good luck right (laughs) 56 okay good yep I just I think is a way for Harrison to remember the name. He just mutters that name, not loudly, but just says that name out loud, the Esther Hofflin. So uh, the dwarf kind of stops and looks at I'm sorry? Oh, nothing. I was just, I was just thinking about something. Oh, okay. So anyway, that's, that's pretty much everything I know about uh, the Crimson Conclave and the Silver Triumph. Uh, there's more books here. I mean, I, it's, it's a lot to go through. I haven't gone through everything myself, but, you know, uh, if you want to, you can. Okay. I appreciate it. Hey, real quick. Um, Stackful Mines. 
can you tell me about that? They're, uh, they're part of the Thunderfield district, right here in the city. They're underneath the, uh, the tall clock tower in the Merchant Square. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, they're kind of like... They're kind of like sewers now, but yeah, they used to be uh, mines. They used to have a pretty rich deposit of silver, I believe, which is where we got the name Silver Triumph from originally. But now I think it's just more waste. Waste is in... Like, uh, like uh, It's a depleted mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sewers now. Right. I've already been there. Oh. No, I don't tell him, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. obviously yeah. where yeah. I got the yep. other portion from. Okay. Where's Dragon Watch? Dragon Watch is the... The house on the western side of uh, Debrin. Oh, I see it. So it encompasses uh, Steel Star Ridge, Three Towns, Black Wing, Black Hollow River, Seaside, uh, Greendale. Oh, so it, it truly is like the entire western end. Yeah. Um, on this map where you have Black Hollow Timberlands, I would say the border is pretty much in between the words Black Hollow and Timberlands. Okay. And that's the, the line between uh, Dragon Watch and uh, Vogtrum. Yeah. And to the north, uh, Falkwin Wharf, uh, Wharf is part of Dragon Watch. Okay. And that's pretty much the border there. Okay. All right, cool. Hofland. I say it again, and I ask him, Hofflin, that name mean anything to you? No? No. Yeah. Me neither. All right, I appreciate your time. Of course. Uh, you know, anything for the Empire. If you need anything, you know, I'll be here. Okay, thank you. I'm missing something, you son of a bitch. I feel like I'm missing something. So the basement door for here in the library was this archive? Yes. Of the Forbidden Books. Okay. All right. The my ship leaves in the morning. Around then, yeah. Okay. It will wait for you. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Um. All right. So I, I dismiss the librarian. I let him know. Harrison just tells him, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna spend some time down here." Okay. And I can understand that this place is tremendous. So. Right, I, I would think it's fairly large. It's it's hidden, not so much hidden, but there is. It's behind a locked door from the regular library. It's not even locked. It's just put away. Okay. All right. I just want to peruse. Yeah, just a little bit. I want to look at like. I'm gonna go to where the oldest of the books are. I, I just want to kind of not so much brush up on history. Again. I think Harrison's interest in the Imperial City right now is, of course, finding where this portal is. Yeah. Um, so he's going to see if he can find anything or read about anything in regards to uh, to that. All right. Uh, so you're looking for information on the portal that's in the city. Uh, yeah. All right. Give me a flat 20. Nope. All right. So I just spent some time in there, and then, um, you know, I'll put back whatever it was that, that he was using, and uh, I, I take off. I'm going to head to the uh, head to the ship. All right. Uh, depending on where this ship is going will dictate 
what where are we headed? Where would you have told the portmaster we're going? Uh, Northridge. All right. So uh, you go to the southern area of the city. Um, that happens to be the area that has all the brass and the, the copper and the steam. So you got up on this fancy monorail and off you go. You get to the ship. And I would say by early morning, uh, sun just over the horizon, you are porting back into Northridge. Okay. So now Alfred is in Hexley. And Whitmore. Right. And between Hexley and Northridge is Lake Dodd. Yes. All right, that's where I'm headed. All right. When you land in Northridge, you get uh, the, the, the portmaster sees you. Um, no manifest because you're not obviously transporting anything, and this is an unexpected visit. Right. Uh, I, it, nobody travels with me, correct? Unless you want them to. Right. So, okay. no, no. So, as you enter Northridge, uh, it can't help but be brought to the attention of one Klaus Alexanderson that you're back. And he, uh, he meets you at some point in the city. And, ah, Mr. Bullet. I'm surprised to see you here. What, uh. How so? Not sure what business you have here anymore. This is where I'm from. Why would you think I have no business here? Uh, your family's no longer here. Your friends seemingly are no longer here. Uh, what can we do for you here in Northridge? You can do nothing for me right now. But I appreciate your warm welcome. Of course. Uh, are you staying here in Northridge? No. Or you... Just traveling through. Hmm. I see. Is there anything I can do for you? I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do for you? What would you be able to do for me? I don't know. Well, he obviously is not aware of your new title. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, you outrank him at this point. Right. So and I'm, that was going to be my next question. Like, how, What's the separation of power between someone who is in charge, whatever his rank is, of the Thunder Force? Captain of the state troopers and the special agent in charge. Uh, yes. So it becomes a, a jurisdictional. Like yeah, a like, like the, dick the one the one thing I would say is you don't know politically if this guy is connected or right. not. But gone are the days of him telling me what I can and can't do, and vice versa. Right, so I wouldn't yeah. presume to tell him what to do. It'd be an interesting right. exercise to see if that would work. Right. But Which again, I'm not interested in doing that. But I mean, if he tries to stop me from doing anything, yeah, then, no, he's just then no, I'll he, whip the old dick out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now uh, you're heading south or are we going back to the swamp have you gotten new information uh, not at this time hmm. but it was great seeing you oh, okay uh, do you need an escort do you need a horse or a carriage or is there anything that uh, we here at Northridge could do for Harrison Bullet? um well, I appreciate the offer, but for the time being, I'm going to seek out my own provisions. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, if you need anything, you know where my office is. Yes. Always a pleasure. Here, Klaus Alexanderson. <laughs> my favorite character. All right. So I... Uh, that's funny. Um, so I'll continue past him. I'm just going to go to like the, you know, typical, like the, the bar haunts. that I would yeah. go yeah. hang out at. 
I'm gonna grab myself a drink. Okay. Nothing crazy. Like I'm not looking to like bullshit with anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, just grab a drink. I'm not wearing any anything fancy. That people are gonna come up to me like, oh my god, what's going on here? What are you right. doing now? You know, one of those things. I'd imagine a couple of your drinking buddies. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, just catch yeah. up on yeah, like yeah, typical yeah. bullshit. And uh maybe through like reconnecting with friends, you know, I'll inquire about a uh you know, a well, I would think I, I would take a horse or would I have to pick sure. up a horse? If you want, yeah. Either way. You could have brought one with you or right, you so, could... yeah, I took a horse with me. Okay. So we're gonna bullshit for a little bit and I'm assuming on to Lake Dodd. Yeah, but now that I uh, ran into Alexanderson, it's going to be under a very watchful eye to make sure that I'm not being followed. Because I could see that snake wondering what I'm doing back. Not a fan mm -hmm. of Klaus. Okay. So we're heading south. Welcome back, Dyson Pipes. Oh, man. So much to talk about. So much to do. You know, these episodes, not a lot is happening, but man, are they fun. For me, anyway. Uh, not a lot of action to be had. Not even really that many roles uh, in this particular episode. It's the build-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of good shit. It's so close. Yeah. It's so close. So we're in Zoblob's shop. And out of the blue, you decide that you want to buy some of his purple tobacco. Well, Harrison has a pipe. And he sees, uh, you know, the shop owner. He's smoking a pipe. Yeah. And it smells delightful, right? Based on the way that you had explained it with the lavender. Lavender and, and juniper. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. delicious. So, but you know, after... I think after all this time being spent in the, uh, in the shop and finally buying something for my wife, I was like, you know what? Maybe let me treat myself. So I'll ask him for some tobacco. Yeah. And he obliged. And it was from smoking that tobacco that I think kind of redirected where the priority should be. Uh, yeah. So this was probably the first time in either campaign, uh, Warhammer or this one, that you did something that I truly had no idea was going to be a thing, and that was buying this tobacco. Mm. And I was trying to decide, was this going to be something innocuous that, okay, you buy this tobacco and it smells good, let's keep it moving? Right. Or like, do I want to turn this into a rabbit hole? So obviously I decided on the latter. Uh, and I made this, this stuff almost open your mind mm. to, uh, to everything, I guess. Um, and it almost gives you, not a guaranteed, because I still made you roll for it, but I think I gave you advantage on communicating with your gauntlets. And they really start pushing you toward Keska Gorge. And also the realization that smoking this allows me to slip my hands out of them. Yes, yes. Uh, and that was something... I just decided randomly. Which is cool because then I'm wondering like down the road, what what bearing does this have on the campaign and like Harrison's interaction with this um 
<clears throat> with not only the gauntlets, but obviously there's been this like push for him to get his armor, right? So now, w- w- what's going to happen when he puts the armor on? Is that going to be locked onto him? So it- it's going to be neat to like hold on to this stuff and see how it evolves right. as time goes on. And is, is Zoblop going to be a regular stop for you now to get this tobacco? Right. Uh, so this added, which I think is pretty cool, a whole new wrinkle of yeah. uh, playing that I had no anticipation of. So you end up abandoning this whole quest to find this Floon character. And we end up talking about um, that parchment that you found uh, in the sewers underneath the clock tower. And you decide to find the second one, which was in the library underneath the, the Calam. Uh, which you find it without much issue. The the librarian knows exactly what you're talking about. And you end up realizing that you're putting together something. Mm. Uh, so I'll let you take over here. He tells you a little bit about Grayson and Hendrick Crestseeker. Uh, Grayson Crestseeker was one of the original holy guards for the Silver Triumph, which was the original imperial capital. Uh, and he became kind of crazy. Uh, and after the the devastation that created Lake Debrin, which is that circular lake in the middle of the continent, his son Hendrick took over and formed the Holy Thunder Force. Which, by the way, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. The Holy Thunder Force, the Thunder V Sanctorum, uh, I got the inspiration from them from Rhapsody of Fire. Uh, it's like a harmonic... Really? Uh, uh, like power metal right, right. band. Uh, they have a song called Holy Thunder Force. Hmm. I thought that just sounded so fucking cool. Yeah, so cool. I, I didn't know that. totally ripped it off. And threw it into the campaign. But it fits. Um, so Hendrick ends up creating this Thunder Force. And he basically eradicates magic from Debrin. So I'll let you take over here. You're starting to put the dots together. Correct. Because I think, uh, you know, Harrison is still at a point of confusion. Like, he's starting to see that the pieces are coming together. But he doesn't quite fully understand, like, where it's going. Um. And and we'll see in the next episode how how things really start to uh, play into these uh, you know the, uh, the the kind of history that he's learning by this uh, through this librarian and just taking a look at these documents. Right. So you get a little bit of a history lesson, another another piece of the puzzle, and then you decide to take your ship to Northridge because I guess your plan is you want to grab Citadel. Well, I think he Harrison also sees the importance, right? He 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 has these recurring since he's been f- not forced. I don't, I don't want to use the word forced, but since he's been like put on this on this quest, right? He's been having like these like recurring dreams and, and some of them nightmares, and then interactions that are just guiding him towards certain locations, right? So he smokes this this weed or this tobacco. And, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's pushing him towards this Keska Gorge, right? He has these visions of Keska Gorge. And I, I think for a moment, Harrison has kind of, like, almost put on the back burner the importance of this whole idea of the Traveler. You know, once he put, once he put Citadel and Lake Dodd, you know, now he, he's embraced this life for a short moment, but he's embraced this life that he's, uh, that he's been given in the Imperial City. He's now an official justiciar. His family is being taken care of. He's he's trying to focus on his family, getting them out of this apartment, getting them away from Maximo. Uh, it's kind of funny that you 
almost accidentally fell into success. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I don't think he would have complained about his life prior to any of this. You know, he was he was working the dock. He was making a living. He wasn't yeah. really looking to make a name for himself. He was taking care of his family. Everything was was working out. Now it just almost seems like he's he's hitting stride. It's like a stroke of luck, like one stroke of luck after another. Um, and I think for a moment, Harrison wanted to kind of like relish it. You know, and enjoy the the comforts of living in the Imperial City. He's fine helping, you know, looking for Floon, work with Maximo to a degree. Uh, but after smoking that weed, I think it, it really kind of put the focus back on what he felt was his sole purpose, which is to, you know, kind of go along with, you know, the dreams and, and these images that he's having with the gauntlets. So he abandons the quest. Uh, he leaves it in the capable hands of one... Uncle yeah. Maximo. And look, if Maximo finds the guy, feel free to uh to uh keep the money. Oh man. I uh, that's already worked out. Don't you worry about it. So Yeah, Maximo I I I, I almost want to play it like Harrison feel Maximo is just a thorn in his side. He just wants to to just get rid of him, you know? And why do I have the <laughs> sneaking suspicion that Maximo is not going anywhere. Even if my family, even if Harrison's family is moved, yeah, he's he's always going to be a part. There's always going to be an encounter with Maximo, just like there will always be an encounter with Klaus <laughs> Alexanderson. <laughs> you know, on the other side of the screen, uh, I haven't determined yet whether... Alexanderson is a good guy or a bad guy. Right now, he's got his job. He's very devout to his job. Uh, and I really don't know if there's any ulterior motives yet with this guy. What I do know is that your hatred, Just unbridled, I, and I don't, it's got to be the way he talks. I, I can't put my finger on why, because he really has kept all of his promises. No, he has. He hasn't led you astray. But you just this motherfucker just rub, rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. We just, for some reason, Harrison does not get along with him. He just does. And actually, I shouldn't even say that because I don't know. Maybe Klaus likes him. So why why do you think? Uh, Harrison, I, I'm, I'm trying to give the idea that Harrison, and maybe we'll play into this next episode, that Harrison just views him as being condescending and elitist. And he just does so not. So it's the way he talks. <laughs> it does not like it. And what's funny is when I first made Alexanderson, it was the first real character of this campaign. And he came in in the first time we've played D&D in 20 years. And I was trying to do a voice, and I didn't know how to do a voice. So all I did was make him talk real smarmy. <laughs> and I just kind of enunciate a little Mr. Bullet. And for some reason, that just fucking rubbed you the wrong way. Yeah, did not like it. Which is hysterical. Yeah, no, which, which I think is great because it, it creates like this, and and I don't even know if this is like a, you know, interactions between like the protagonist and the antagonist. This could just be two random characters just having a normal interaction. Two protagonists. And two protagonists. Yeah. Yeah. And just for some reason, do not like him. Was the last person I was expecting to be greeted by when I showed up at Northridge. Was not <laughs> expecting that. I was hoping maybe to. Um, you know, see the uh, the kid that I let 
take over the you know that right. I trained to yeah. take over the port and then just make my way uh, south right. towards Lake Dodd and uh, you know go from there. That's on, funny because I don't know how you would think you'd go through Northridge without bumping into this guy. Because I had a feeling that he was going to be called back to the Imperial City. I, I don't know why I thought that he was now going to be a fixture in Northridge, and maybe I just completely overlooked that. Maybe in my mind, well, he's, he's I, captain of the guard. Right. Right. But why is he captain of the guard stationed at Northridge? The investigation in Northridge has been complete, right? Harrison. Well, he, was in, he was in Northridge before the incident. He's like in charge of the barracks. Yeah, but why? I, I don't know. I, as, as Harrison's experience running the port, when somebody came in, I don't think Harrison ever realized that this guy was going to be conducting introductions to people coming into port, mm. you know? Like, that would be a job that Harrison would have viewed as just regular Thunder Force. Right. You know, they would screen it, almost like customs when you go to the airport. They would screen everybody, and then you're free to move about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no word at Northridge that I was coming. So either somebody leaked it that I was coming, and he made a point oh. to, to greet me, right? Or he just was very curious. Maybe the, the ship that took me there was something that caught his eye. Harrison hasn't uncovered that yet. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We will. Uh, so, yeah, you hang out in Northridge for a, a few hours, and then you start heading towards Lake Dodd. Yes. And that's where we wrap it up. Anything else you want to add to that? Dude, next episode is a great episode. Yes. It, it's, it's probably one of my favorite episodes that we've recorded so far. That was good. What are you looking at? Barry. Just staring it's at fucking us. fucking eyeballing me. I don't Look, think he liked just, it. He's just walking around. Yeah, just, but notice how, like how far away he is. Like he won't even come close. Look now, now he knows we're talking about. It, so he's not looking at. Well, it. he's probably not happy that last week I threw the fucking pipe stand at his face. <laughs> fucking guy. It's all right. We got it. What What do you do around here? You just sit there. You it's, just sit there staring at. It us. Stares. He's just making sure that we do our job. You're no Clyde. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, take a load off. There you go. Get comfortable. All right. Uh, to Barry. I used to like the guy. To um, to until dawn. Harrison is going to put a bumper sticker on the back of Citadel. <laughs> to That's dice. what he's going to do. Empires. <laughs> <laughs>